chapter 9, verses 35 through verse 38. <clears throat> and Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them. And because they fainted, they were scattered abroad as sheep, having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Father, I understand and I know what you're saying through your holy word. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us to get out of our boats of do little and do what you've called us to do. And that's to reach out to those in need, to have compassion on the weak and the sick and the needy and the lost. Lord, I pray that you just, um, I've already prayed this morning, I pray and ask you again to anoint my tongue, my lips, my mind. And Lord, I'll thank you and praise you for whatever is accomplished today. In Jesus' name, amen. <coughs> Walking has its privileges. <coughs> Excuse me, I don't, there's something right there I don't want to turn loose, and I got water, by the way, so don't fret. <laughs> I'm not going to preach till it's all gone either. Amen. Thank you, Rusty. I was looking for that. Walking has its privileges. If you don't believe it, ask someone who's in a wheelchair. Walking has its privilege. If you don't believe it, talk to somebody who has lost their legs. Walking has its privileges. I remember as a young boy, you know, I don't reckon, I don't remember people being kidnapped, all right, sold into slavery. So I walked. I mean, hey, I had a friend that lived next door, and he and I would walk. Day, day, a lot of days we just walk. At night, hey, we would walk. I think I've told you some of you had not heard this story before. But we would walk at night. That's when uh, beer cans was not aluminum, they were metal. And they would reflect real good. When a car came along, uh, we would look for those beer cans. And my friend called them. I don't know where he got it from, but he called them one-eyed Bergens. One-eyed Bergens, he's younger he is, and he'd go get it, or either I'd get it, and when we got two apiece, we would lay them down on the road and stomp the can where it'd curl up around our souls, and oh, we'd have a good time. We'd go down through there doing this, and sparks just a flying. I mean, that was one of the things we did. We walked at night for, I mean, we, we walked way down the road. We were supposed to be back in around 10, and most of the time we were. There's only one time we didn't, and we got found, and we got delivered, and we got set on fire, and everything's worked out great since. But walking is amazing. I think about Jesus. He didn't have a cell phone. He had no wheels. It was either on a donkey or walking. And he walked. He walked. 
And I think about walking. And I ask myself, where do our feet take us? Where do they take us? Our example is Jesus, and it's found there in verse 35. I want you to, I want you to notice that the Lord just said, hey, this is what you need to write down. And I began to think of words to start it with a P, okay? So when I read verse 35, and Jesus, that's the person, went about all the cities and villages, that's the places where he went. Teaching in the synagogues. That was the purpose that he came. And then it says, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And then we see the performance, healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Mr. Nick, would you turn this off? That's mine and Mr. Nick's signal. I tell him sometimes I feel like I just need to hark, you know. Hark, the herald angels sing. Hark, the herald angels clear their throat. You know, thank you. It might happen again. But when I think about where do our feet take us, I think of of evangelism. Thank you, Mark, for the the beautiful song for the choir. Uh, It is amazing grace. But I think of evangelism, first of all, is a call to prayer. Um, Verse 38 says, pray ye therefore. How How many of us really, really seriously pray, hey, Lord, where do you want me to be today as far as witnessing for you? Put somebody in my path, Lord, that's lost that needs to hear the gospel. How many of us pray that? You know, I've thought about this. How many, how many of us really listen when we're in a worship service? How many of us really listen? We may come back to that in a moment. This evangelism is a call to prayer. What does it say? Pray for laborers, people who are willing uh, to go. The Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers, workers who are not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says because it is the power whereby a person can be saved is the power. We we pray for for the workers. We also pray for the harvest. The Bible says that one person water plants, one person waters, and it's God that gives the increase. He is the Lord of the harvest. He is over the harvest. But he's begging, he's calling for laborers to come forth to teach and to preach and to simply share the gospel the way the Lord would have us to. Listen, the lost are in prison today. They they are in bondage. They're in slavery. Uh, They're under the authority of Satan. And I'm going to tell you something. The best we as Christians can do the power of Satan sometimes can override us and cause us not to do what God wants us to do. I've had people say, well, you, you're out of line. Well, I might be, but God will straighten that out, all right? Uh, 
Not much is said about hell in the pulpit. Not much is said about eternal life in the pulpit. Not much is talked about death in the pulpit. But all of that is real, okay? It's real, y'all. People are dying every day and they're either going to heaven or they're going to hell. There's no in between. So you sit here this morning and you listen. You need to be sure, hey, I know that I'm saved. It's amazing grace. And when they were singing that, I thought about whoever that person was that thought enough of God to share Jesus with a 12-year-old boy that he would surrender his heart, his life to Christ. And then at the age of 28, somewhere along there, to surrender I'll go where you want me to go. I used to be scared to death to sing that song. Wherever you lead, I'll go. Man, a lie. I used to be scared to sing that because I was a person who would do <clears throat> what I said I would do. I didn't have to sign a paper. I didn't even have to shake hands. If I said it, you count on it. And it's still that way with me. If I tell you, that's it. The only reason it would be different is because I forget, okay? Well, evangelism is a call uh, to prayer. 2 Peter 3, verse 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. As some men count slackness, it's not God's will. Listen. It is not God's will that any person die without Jesus, but that all could come to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. No person has ever been born and died without having heard the gospel and have an opportunity to be saved. God has never sent not one person to hell because they didn't hear. Not one. We make choices. In John 14, 3, Jesus said, I will come back. He said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And listen to this. If I go and he went, I will come again. I'm counting on him. I'm counting on him because he said it in the word. I'm counting on the word to be the word of God. Somebody said, well, what if it's not? Well, what have I got to lose? I've had a good time. All right? The second thing, we're talking about where do our feet take us. <coughs> evangelism is not only a call to prayer, but evangelism is a call to action. You know, we pray many prayers, 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 prayers. But how many times do we put feet on these prayers and deliver the message? Evangelism is a call to action. Verse 35, the first three words, and Jesus went. What if he had not went? What if he had not went to the cross? What if he had not laid his life down for you and me? But he did. Thank God he did. He laid it down for you and me so we could be saved. Listen, think about your salvation. Think about where you were. Think about who it was. Now, let me say something. Just because you're a member of this church, and maybe you think I've been a member of this church all my life, the bottom line, have you been saved? You can be a member of every church in Oconee County, be baptized in every hole of water coming and going, and die and go to hell if you haven't invited Jesus into your heart and truly been born again. 
You know, our, our actions prove what we are. And our words prove what we are. What are we doing for Jesus? I mean, I ask myself that. What, what am I doing for him? Is my worship self-centered or do I want it to be for everybody? And I want everybody to feel something. I want everybody to experience something. You know, God's blessing here. I mean, it's amazing to me the guests that keep coming to this place and only God knows what's going on. But I know this much that I as a pastor preacher, I better continue to preach the word whether you like it or not, whether it's comfortable for me or not, I better keep preaching the word and Brother Mark better keep singing the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and the rest of us better fall in line and share the word. I mean, that's just how it is. Share the word. People will listen. It's amazing what they will listen to. I I think about this sometimes. I feed my face more than I feed my soul. My soul needs spiritual food. And you get that out of the word of God. You know, the main problem with us is we don't get out of the boat. We're satisfied. Just being in the boat. And when I think about that, it's amazing, you know, what we do and what we do not do for the, for the, for the glory of God. I want you to listen to these numbers. Now, don't ask me where I got them, but I got them. One in ten Christians will witness sharing their faith this coming week. One in ten. You know why? They're afraid. They are so afraid that that lost person is going to ask them something they don't know. Hey, if I don't know, I tell them I don't know. But I'll find the answer out somewhere. One in ten. Never say a word about their salvation. Three in ten. Christians will read their Bible every day. You know why the rest of them don't? No time. No time. Four in ten Christians will be in all services. Four in ten will be in all services. You know why? You know where the rest of them are? Here again. Four in ten will be in all services. They sleep in. I recently read an article, and I may use it sometime. It questioned many people who were saved. Why don't you go to church on Sunday morning? I sleep in. And I play games. A little over two Christians in ten will be in the PM service. You know why the rest of them don't come? They see no need for the PM service. Six in ten people, six in ten Christians will give regularly to the church. That six people think it is a, or count it as a priority in their life. Now you don't have to agree with these scriptures, that's fine. Caleb, see us, son, if you could put up Malachi 3, 8, and 9. Look at what it says. That's a good question, isn't it? Will a man rob God? 
Yet, God says, you've robbed me. You say, well, where have we robbed you, Lord? In tithes and offerings. Verse 9 says, you are cursed with a curse. If you have robbed me, even this whole nation. You say, well, that's the Old Testament. I go by the New, okay? Caleb, see if you can put up 1 Corinthians 16.2. Upon the first day of the week, let him... Let every one of you lay by him in store as such as God has prospered him, that there be no gathering when I come. And 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Verse 7. Every man according as he prospers in his heart. So let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful, hilarious giver. You can take that any way you want to. But I believe in tithing. I believe the Bible teaches it from the old to the new. And if you want to be blessed of God, you give it not grudgingly, not out of necessity, but you give it out of a loving, cheerful heart. I've heard people say, well, I can't afford to give. Let me tell you something. You can't afford not to give. I don't want to get behind with God. I'd rather be behind on my house payment than to be behind on God. A man told me one time, he said, preacher, I want to tell you a story, a true story. He said, I didn't give all my tithe Sunday morning. He said, Sunday night about 11 o'clock, my little daughter woke me up sick. I did everything I knew to do. My wife did. She was getting sicker and sicker. So we took her to the emergency room. They treated her, and she got better. She, he said, we didn't have insurance. Preacher, do you realize what that little trip cost me? Almost are beyond that which I had robbed God of. Let me tell you something. God will collect. If you're a Christian, if you're lost, hey, you don't have to do nothing. You can live just like you're living. You can put in your dollar if you want to. That's fine. God's not going to acknowledge it until you give your heart and life to him. That's the first tithe, giving your heart and life to Jesus. If you do, he's promised to bless Those of you who tithe, you know what I'm talking about. I've heard testimonies out of you, how God has blessed you, how you gave your tithe because you knew you owed it to God, and the very next week you got a check in the mail that backed that up. Don't tell me God can't be out. He'll never, you'll never outgive God. You know, hey, my mother, God rest her soul. She taught me to tithe, and I promise you under the authority of God, I've never missed a Sunday since she taught me that to tithe. I caught rabbits in my rabbit gum. I'd clean them boys or dress them boys or strip them down naked any way you want to put it. She carried them to work with her. You say, that's against the law. Well, so be it. I stand to be arrested. She would sell them things for a dollar apiece. First time she came back that evening, she handed me a dollar. And she says, Kenny, 10 cents of this is God's. She taught me to tithe. 
And I'm not going to cease doing it. Regardless of what you think or what you might say about it, I know where I stand and I'll stand before God. I don't want to stand before him and be classified as a thief. Listen to this. Forty in one hundred will be at church on Wednesday night if you feed them. Hello? If you feed them. If you don't believe it, you watch what's coming now. If you don't believe it, watch what's coming on Wednesday night now while we're feeding you. <clears throat> watch when school's out and the meals cease. And so do people. I tell you what disturbs me, and I mean, I'm going to tell you, and you can tell me what disturbs you, is to see a big crowd here for the meal and a handful for Bible study, even though I know there's a bunch in the choir, praise God. There's a bunch dealing with our youth, praise God. There's a bunch dealing with our children, praise God. But I know for a fact that some eat and go home. Does that bother you? It ought to bother you. You ought to go out the door chasing them. Hey, where are you going? Oh, well, I got something I got to do. You should have done it before you got here. There was a man in the back. He, he sat there through preaching as long as he could take it, and he got up and walked out. Wasn't long he came back and sat down. On the way out, the preacher said, hey, I noticed you left out in the middle of the sermon. Where did you go? He said, I went to get a haircut. I've heard all kind of excuses. I, he said, well, why didn't you go before you come? He said, I didn't need one. <laughs> hey, I don't mean to keep you long. I don't want to keep you long. I just want to keep you long enough to get the message across, okay? I got one, one shell in the gun. <laughs> Forty and a hundred on Wednesday night because you feed them. Listen to this, 20 out of 100 Christians believe in missions. 60 don't. They don't believe in missions. Let me tell you something. If you don't believe in missions and you don't, you don't come on a, a brotherhood night, excuse me, a missions night, I'm thinking of our brotherhood men. We might have 8 or 10 in our brotherhood men. Oh, here again, I know some's in the choir. I know some's with the youth. I know some's with the children. We might have 8 to 12, maybe 14 maximum in the brotherhood meeting. And a whole crowd come and eat and they go home. Why? Because they don't believe in missions. Let me tell you something as a Christian. If you don't believe in missions, you don't believe in the Bible, and you don't believe in Jesus, you can take that any way you want to. I'm as your pastor, I can't make you come, I can't make you witness, I can't make you visit, I can't make you uh, to, to give like God wants you to do. I can't make you, but I can tell you what he says according to his word, okay, not what I say. Let me give you the last thing right quick. We're talking about where do our feet take us. Evangelism is a call to prayer, it's a call to action, but evangelism is also a personal matter, a personal matter. Verse 36, look at that verse. And when he saw the multitudes, Jesus had 20-20 vision, okay, and more. 
And when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. You know, if we don't have compassion, we hurting. We hurting. Compassion. Move with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep, having no shepherd. Compassion is the word here. What does compassion mean? It means mercy. It means sympathy. It means kindness to one another. Jesus called for compassion. He sends all who accepts the call out with a compassionate heart. To do whatever it takes. Jesus is the only way, by the way. According to John 14, 6, he said, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man's going to come to the Father unless he come through me. You know, it's, it's, uh, we rely on God through the blessed Holy Spirit of God. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, uh, Jesus said, and you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you can be a, you will be a witness. He was talking to those disciple boys and those who could hear. You'll be a witness to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth, all the way down to you and I. That is our charge. That is our order. And he has promised to bless us with the power to go and share the word. I'm thankful to be the pastor of a Southern Baptist believing gospel preaching church. You say, oh, you one of those Southern Baptists. I say, yep, we are independently Southern. Nobody tells us what to do, but we go by the word of God. Hello? Hey, if you believe in missions, you're going to give. Yeah, we're working on uh, Miss Annie's, uh, right? Where, where are Miss Annie's... Um, Come on, y'all. Hello. Chicken ain't going to burn. We're working on Miss Annie's Armstrong uh, offering. Easter. Yeah, that's what we're working on. You see the goal in there, I think, what is it, 1,600? Y'all try preaching one week. I quit. I'm a going home. I'm done with that crowd, Lord. All they want to do is just look. <sighs> I'm sorry you got what you got for a preacher. They said, First Baptist Church has the poorest preacher. And they took up a love offering. It was a wrong poor. <laughs> well, I'm glad Jesus has sent me, and I'm thankful for the blessed Holy Spirit of God. When I think of, of, of his power, I, th I think of old Philip and the eunuch. I love that story. Philip minding his own business, just preaching the word, everything's going well, and all of a sudden, God, through the Holy Spirit, said, hey, you're doing a good work, but there's an old boy it's in a chariot down yonder in the middle of the desert headed down south. And I want you to go and I want you to join yourself with that chariot. One on one. Bible says Philip's going along there, Lord, I, I don't see nobody. I, I mean, I'm looking, Lord, I, I don't see nobody. All of a sudden, he sees that chariot that God said. And the Bible says that God said, hey, 
go join yourself to the chariot. The Bible says Philip just drug around. Well, I don't know where I need to go or not. No, he didn't. The Bible says he ran, joined himself with that chariot. The old boy is sitting up there reading out of the book of Isaiah. And Philip said, hey, bud, you know what you're reading? He said, how can I unless some man show me? Can I come up? Sure, I wish you would. Philip went up and sat down beside the old boy and began preaching right in the scripture. And the boy says, who is this talking about? Is this talking about Jesus or, is it, is it, who's it, or a prophet or somebody else? Who's it talking about? And Philip shared with him Christ and what he must do if he was going to follow Christ, that he needed to be saved. He said, I want to be. He said, do you believe? He said, I believe. And then the, listen to this question. That old boy, that eunuch says to Philip, what, what do I need to do to be baptized? Philip said, all you got to do is believe. He said, I believe. They're in the middle of a desert. You ever seen water in the desert? I've been in a desert. I spent the night in a desert one time. I didn't see water nowhere. <laughs> God provided water. And that old boy said, what's hindering me from being baptized? Here's water. The Bible says they came down out of that chariot. They went out into that water. Philip baptized him by putting him down under the water. And when he came up out of there, the Bible says he went on his way rejoicing back to Ethiopia. Somebody dropped a ball. Ethiopia is a poor country. Ethiopia is on starvation because somebody dropped a ball. Is it going to be you or me that drops a ball in America? America could be on a starvation list. You think we can run down to the grocery store and buy what we want? It may come to it we can't. If your youngers don't know how to plant a garden, you better teach them. Because it might come down. If we, if we don't grow it, we won't have it. You can take that any way you want to, but I know, I know that Philip was in tune with the Holy Spirit of God I think of Ananias and Saul. Saul was Saul before he was Paul, who beat and put Christians in jail. And God said, hey, I want you to go down and join yourself to old Saul. He's waiting on you, by the way. Oh, I don't want to go down there. You know what he does? Uh-uh. He's been a changed man. Go down there, and when you lay your hands on him, you're going to see something take place. He laid his hands on him. Guess who baptized Saul? Ananias. There was nobody else around. Baptized him. One of the greatest missionaries ever was. Isaiah was so overtaken by the Holy Spirit of God that he said, here am I, send me. He didn't say, where do you want me to go? He said, just send me. Listen, uh, we got to sow, we got to search and secure. And listen, there is a salary for that. Caleb, would you put up John 4.36? Here's your salary. And he that reapeth receiveth, what does it say? Wages. What is wages? That's a salary. That's money. And gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. As I said, some of us are planting, some of us are watering, and God will give the increase. I challenge you today. Where's your feet taking you? Are you open to the Spirit of God? If you're not saved, hey, today's the best day to give your heart and life to Jesus before it's everlasting too late. Father, in the name of Jesus.
God, I thank you. You know who we are. You know where we are. And you know what we're about. Lord, I pray for this congregation of people. I pray for myself from this pulpit, God, that I have said everything today that you want me to have said. And Lord, I pray if I've said anything that's out of line that you'd forgive me and you'd correct me, God. I pray that your will be done in this service today. And Lord, give our people the courage it takes to walk where you'd have them walk. In Jesus' name. Amen.